Thank you for choosing to listen to our sermon podcast. My name is Chris Mitchell. I'm one of the pastors here at First Covenant Church of Anchorage. If you have any questions or prayer requests, feel free to stop by or send an email to office at anchoragefirstcovenant.com. God bless. Creator God, as we come this morning, um, I love that Jane stole my line. Help us to listen. God, my prayer is always when I speak that the words I speak are not heard, but the words your spirit speaks to our heart is what is heard. So this morning as we come with the busyness of the day ahead or three weeks from now, we know what that'll be, a, a pile of wrapping paper and dinners to prepare. Help us at least to take this little bit of time this morning to stop, to listen to what your spirit says to our hearts. We ask this in your name. Amen. So that was a very nice uh, introduction Christy did for me. Um, just a little bit more about me. I hate being on platform, so I'm going to come down here. I like to be... Oh, the stand moved. Um, I like to be down here because I think it's important that people know that I am you. Just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean I don't have issues, I don't have struggles, I don't have things, Right? So I always like to be down on the floor. If we could, I'd be in a talking circle. Um, it's just who I am, right? And so the reason is this. Hamatakiape, TJ Smith, Amanchepi, Malakota, Hochunk, and Cherokee. And what that means in my language is, hi, my relatives. My name is TJ Smith. And if I wanted to get fancy, I would say, Wichasha Wakan. Um, I am Lakota, Hochunk, and Cherokee. And I'm, we call it, Chashua Khan translates in my language, and of Lakota, it translates into holy man or pastor. I think it's important you know that about me because as I come, some of you know me. And I'm glad you haven't left yet. That was a joke. You can laugh. You'll find I use humor. And it's dad humor, so it's all bad. Some of the dads are like, yep. And the kids are like, oh, yeah, right? Um, but it's important you know a little bit about me. So my wife, who's up here, she teaches at the school over there. I know a couple of families in here know who she is. Um, and uh, yes, she'll see you later, uh, right? And uh, our daughter and son-in-law, our daughter is a kindergarten teacher in Virginia City, and our son-in-law is a diesel mechanic supervisor. He just got a promotion in um, Sparks, Nevada. And then our son is here and graduated from, both of our kids graduated from UAA, and they are, uh, or he is working for Special Olympics um, uh, at the state uh, place. So I think about, and I get asked this question, right? Quiet my heart, I'm listening. Don't raise your hands, this is rhetorical. How well do we quiet our hearts and listen? I can only speak for me, right? I don't know about you, but some of you are old enough in here. I won't call Curtis out. Okay, so I will. Um, right? You're playing and you're driving down the street and you got that bass bumping, right? We have a neighbor that's down the street and, and we can literally be in the other end of the house and on the street next to us, we hear this boom, boom, boom. And that's what goes on in our head. We have this bumping. We have this, hurry up. You have to, you have to, you have to. But what scripture says is that God speaks to our hearts. Quiet our hearts. Quiet our rhythm. It's my hope and prayer this morning 
is that we quiet our hearts, we quiet our rhythm, even for this short time. I love that you're doing Lectio Divina on Friday mornings. I love Lectio Divina. It, it's one of my spiritual practices that I use often. Right? It's that quiet at the heart. Read a passage three times and allow God's Spirit to go deeper and deeper. And even in my role with Kayak that I serve in now, I do pastoral care and I do spiritual direction. For students and staff, and uh, staff can be paid or volunteer, it doesn't matter. But it's important to do that. Um, to take that time to slow down. This time of year is, is a little bit hectic. You ever notice that? Oh, and I, I was an idiot. Okay, I didn't have time. So I went to Costco yesterday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't have to drive around the parking lot and waste a tank of gas. That was good. I was excited about that, right? Because you see the, the hecticness in people's faces. Oh, I got it, got it. And people are diving into piles of whatever and throwing clothes. And I feel bad for the Costco workers. I always try to refold the clothes, but I don't do a very good job. So they come behind me anyway, right? Um, but I always start off when I start to share, especially with a community that I haven't been with, Hamatakiape. Because I think it's really important in, in our cultures to be reminded that we are family. We're family in Christ. And in the Lakota culture, we are all family. You're all my sisters and you're all my brothers, even though I don't know your names and you don't know me. And I think about this idea. I love Jane's prayer of the people in the sense of, and for those family times that when we come together that are not going to be maybe necessarily the most enjoyable. We just had this thing called Thanksgiving a week and a half. Again, do not raise your hand. But the, were there topics that you did not bring up at the family dinner? Some smirks in there like, yep. Someone's like, yeah, well, yeah, mm -hmm. right? Families, we have things, but we're still family. We might disagree. But man, you pick on my family, then you have me to deal with. Right? Um, I think about this idea, again, of being related. As Christy said, I serve in the Covenant Church. Uh, I am ordained in the Covenant Church. Um, served at New Song as we closed last May. Um, I, can, I still serve. Uh, the one thing she didn't say is I serve as Mosaic Commission as Indigenous Ministers Association President. So I serve with three other uh, people of color in that role at the denominational level also. And, and it's one of those things that we're family. Some of you in this room I've known almost probably since I moved up here. That was almost 30 years ago. Some of you I've known maybe 10 or 15 years, and some of you, I don't have any idea who you are. But you're still family. And, and there's a difference when we come and we, we hang out and we share as a family. And again, as a relative, we need to know a little bit about each other, which is why I talked about my beautiful wife here and our daughter and son-in-law. Um, here's some things that are a little bit more specific about me, right? I like coffee. And in my language, it's called wakayapi. But one of my elders taught me the real word for it. It's called Bejota Sapa. And Bejota Sapa, this tells you about how bad my humor is, right? Or our culture's humor, maybe. Bejota Sapa means black medicine. And if you're at my house with our dogs or our cats, they do not talk to me till dad's had his first sip of black medicine. And then they can say, oh, now we can talk to you, right? Um, so I, I enjoy coffee. 
The concept of Chris McClarney's I'm listening, uh, I love to be in creation to listen. So last night, thankfully, it was warm, so I have a fire pit in my backyard, and I was out there because it was warm before it gets cold again. And I was out there for two, two and a half hours just listening. And hopefully tomorrow it'll snow. Have you ever sat in quiet and listened to the snowfall? It is an most amazing. People are like, how do you hear snowfall? You have to listen quietly. You have to quiet everything down and listen. As I listened, my prayer came for our time this morning. Even this morning in, in my tradition of getting up early and praying for what, what the Creator God gave me to speak on, you'll hear in a little bit of like, hmm, yeah, I had to listen first for me before I can share with you. Uh, in the summer, you'll find me fishing with my wife. Um, we love to be in creation uh, fishing. She takes pictures in her mind, and that way when she is in meetings that are super unexciting, she clicks and goes, oh, oh, yeah, there's a good way to get through that. So if you're in boring meetings, there's maybe an idea for you, right? Um, I think through how we are connected as a family. You may not know this. The church that I served in for 25 years, or served in for 18, was part of for 25 years, came out of this church. It was a church plan out of here. So we're connected in that way. We're connected in the denominational realm, too. And we're connected in, in the kayak. I won't embarrass them. I should, but I won't. Carl's like, shut up. Um, I thought it was great. Rebecca was like, oh, yeah, and our mission person is Carl and Simone. Uh, and they work at, for kayak at Ariga um, House, and they're the house, I'm going to call them house parents. You're like, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, but I left some flyers out about kayak in the back. If you haven't heard about kayak, it's called Covenant Youth of Alaska, and we serve predominantly uh, 14 to 25-year-old um, focused on native Alaskans, which being native myself, that's a huge heart for me, right? Because we think different. But one of the great things about thinking different and in the way you think is that brings us completeness. So it's not wrong, it's not right, but it's completeness. I think about this and, and I asked uh, Chris and said, hey, so or I asked Rebecca and she sent me to Chris and Chris texted me and said, what are you doing for Advent? I was telling my wife this morning that one of the things I really am missing and grieving is not being a part of Advent. Because that was not my tradition growing up, but I came to really love doing Advent. And so I was excited when I got asked to come and I'm honored to share this morning. Um, and I think about this idea of being family. And it fits this idea of this morning of peace. And I'm going to read two different, uh, one is a translation and one is a paraphrase. So you can pull out your Bibles or pull out your phones and one of them you won't have in there, right? Um, but it's John 14, 27. And we think about the peace candle that was lit this morning. And we think about how much of peace there isn't in the world. 
All you got to do is take your smartphone. If you get an Apple, swipe it right off to your first screen and you see all the things that are going on in the world that do not look peaceful. All you got to do is walk into a store this time of year and look how unpeaceful it is. And John says this. This is out of the CEV. I give you peace. The kind of peace only I, being God, can give. It isn't like the peace this world can give, so don't be worried or afraid. And I want to read it again to you, because for me, this is my imagery. It's out of the First Nations Version Bible. Same passage. And it says this, I leave you now with my great peace. CEV says, I give you peace. In the First Nations, it's talking about great peace. It is my gift to you. Anyone got their Christmas shopping done, by the way? Right? Yeah, my wife does, of course. Don't ask her husband. He doesn't. Right? Um, but we, we look at these ideas of gifts. And as Jane was talking about, we have different types of prayers. We have different types of gifts. And here's a gift that when we have this relationship with God, we have. It is not the kind of peace the world gives. Again, go to your food news feed. It's not that kind of peace. Don't let the troubles of this world fill you with fear and make your hearts fall to the ground. And I love this last line of this. And don't let fear hold you back. How many times has fear stopped us? Fear can stop me in a heartbeat. Even this morning, driving, I'm like, oh my gosh. I haven't done a sermon since May 29th. How do I do this again? God, what the heck? Why did I say yes anyway? And God goes, TJ, what are you speaking on? Oh yeah, peace. I have nothing to worry about then. These aren't my words. These are God's words. Again, I think through life and many times I've let the fear steal the peace the Creator has given me. Simple example. Uh, this is me. Probably six months ago, my wife um, turned to me and lovingly, she's like, what story are you telling now? I just got that look. And lovingly said, you know, you need to quit watching the news. She's laughing because she's like, yep, you still need to quit watching the news, right? Because I would watch the news and it would stir me up and I lost the peace and it would literally fan the flame of fear. And I would get angry at the reporter or the idiot that was speaking or the stupid person that did this. We don't have little kids in here, good. Don't say stupid, little ones, um, right? I, I would literally just get so frustrated. And I'm like, you know, you're right. So she could watch the news because she didn't get riled up like I did. So I had to spend some time in processing, why do I not have peace? Because I know who's really in control. When I don't trust, then I don't live out the peace of Christ. I live out the fear of the world. And I'm talking again at a heart level, right? If I don't accept the gift of peace, 
then I don't treat my family, you, that person down the street. When I served at the soup kitchen for five years, the homeless person that punched me and almost knocked me out because he didn't get an extra piece of cake. If I don't have peace, I can't love him. Do we have that peace in our heart level? I think of about the stress of about a, a month ago. And I share this because this is one of the roles that Kayak does. There were eight of us from different aspects, six of us from here in this area, kind of, and one from, you know, Clayton, one from Nome, that loaded onto a plane from different communities to go to Elam. Um, they had their seventh suicide in 15 months of 13 to 14-year-olds. Talk about fear. Here most of us are. There have been four people on the, uh, half the team have been in the community in previous suicides. What the heck do we do, God? And so we had, a, we had some conversations and um, yeah, the, those suicides are not counting the attempts. We know there was at least four attempts this fall already also. And so as we listened, as we didn't let fear overtake, as we listened to our hearts, we got into town at 11 and said, hey, let's go to the high school or let's go to the school and tell the counselor and the principal we'd already had Zooms with them. They knew we were coming. They're followers of the creator. Let's go say, hey, we made it in. Say hi. So we're introducing ourselves and all of a sudden they say, hey, you want to go around the school? And we're thinking, cool, we get to go say hi to the junior high and high schoolers. We were wrong. We got presented to every class, and every teacher probably really loved us, because we walked in, the principal or the counselor would walk in and said, hey, got a second. And they would go in first, and then, hey, come on in. And the great thing about the family of God is this. The counselor or principal would say, who do you know? And, of course, they knew two people from Bible camp, and then they knew our Mark pilot. He's not part of our team, but he is part of our family. Oh, we knew him because he flew us, right? The whole idea of having that, that we got the opportunity to be Jesus in front of kids. We followed the rules of school. We can't speak about God in front. We honored that. But everybody knew who we were. The power of family. Again, that peace when the Creator put it together, the team that it was. I think about all the different unique gifts they had. Each one totally different, but served a purpose. That we all just literally were as comfortable as we could be in a hard situation that way, right? It was a gift to watch Overreach and, and knew the peace of the Creator in his situation. Even as we did a talking circle on Saturday, the mom of the last boy and the auntie of the last boy came and were a part of that talking circle with us to give them the chance to have peace, to heal, to listen to the elders speak specifically to her. We know what it's like because every elder in that talking circle had lost a child. And two of those elders reached out to her and said, if you want to know how we made it through with God, we would be willing to talk to you. 
and share our story. And I watched the mom just go, I'm not alone. I can have peace even in this hardship. I think about what the passage in 1 Corinthians um, 7, 7, it says this. Excuse me. There we go. In the CEV version, it says, I wish you were all like me, but God has given different gifts to each of us. This is Paul, and he's, he's writing to the church of Corinth, and he's saying, hey, if you can stay unmarried, stay unmarried, because then you get to do full-time ministry. But if you can't, I'm good with that. And I think it's important for us to hear that, because in the First Nations version, it says, I wish that everyone could be unmarried just as I am, but the Great Spirit has gifted each of us in different ways. Because sometimes when we look at peace, we look at, oh, you have to do peace like me. I guarantee there are some friends I have that would not sit outside at two hours, two and a half hours at 18 degrees around a fire pit. Right? Or think that going sitting on a boat in the ocean and not catching anything is one of the most peaceful things there is in the world. Or having a bear run across the river to dive into the carcass and you think you're like, well, I guess I got to go see Jesus now. And then he's like, oh no, I just got this carcass. We're good. Thank you. And then your wife doesn't let you catch your last fish for the limit that day. Right? Think about this idea of peace. God's given us different ways to have peace. Paul's sharing here that, that, that this gift that we're all given, remember the first passage again. Right? We are given the gift of peace. This great peace. Just as the team in Elam from Kayak used the different gifts, some of them being uh, gifted, they were what I called kid magnets. They were kind of like a walking jungle gym because the kids were just climbing all over them, the little ones especially. Some of them were amazing one-on-one and, and kids knew that that was a safe person in a safe place. We had someone that can cook, put it together, right? All these different pieces in prayer in places that way. Some in prayer, sending out to some of my prayer people and saying, hey, here's what we're doing. We just need you to pray. By the way, I don't have cell service, so I can't keep you updated. But guess what? God's spirit doesn't need cell service. To me, that's peace. To sit and connect with parents and elders, to listen. You get the idea. And I love this out of James. We're going to just be kind of popping back and forth because I think there's a lot of different things here that we can really learn from this idea of peace. As soon as I can get there. James 1.17 says this in the CEV. It's talking about gifts again, right? Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father who's created all the lights in heaven. One of the great things in being in Elam, there was no light pollution. Right? Oh my gosh. To stand out there and look at the stars. And you look at that verse, right? Created all the lights in heaven. I asked the creator to give me the lights in heaven of northern lights. He said, not this trip. It's like, okay. Right? 
He is always the same and never makes a dark shadow by changing. We take that passage before of that great peace that God gives us. God's great peace never changes. I'm the one who changes. And the First Nations version, it says this of the same passage in James 1.17. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above, who gives, gave us the sun and the moon and stars. But unlike them, the light that comes from the great spirit never dims, flickers, or casts a shadow. It's not God who casts a shadow. It's me. It's that fear. It's that doubt that I have. It's like, oh, God, how can, how can you use me? God, what about? God, I don't have peace. And that's where he's like, uh, you have peace. You just choose not to use the peace you've been given. That gift that we open in three weeks from now, right? Hopefully this doesn't happen, right? You give somebody a gift and they go, oh, great, thanks, I want it. And three months or six months later, you go to their house and it is still in the package. Oh, that was a great gift. Why did I spend that time and energy and money and effort for that? It's God asking us the same question. The world is calling us to be different. Christ is calling us to be different. The problem I see in the world is my opinion is right and yours is wrong. We can agree on nine out of ten things, but that tenth thing, forget it, we're done. We just go, we're out. What would happen if we said, you know what, let's continue to have conversation. I want to learn from you. I want to understand why is that your perspective? There's something in their journey that makes it to be that. So what is it? And again, I go back and I ask this question often. Are we listening with our hearts to each other or are we listening with our heads? Because if I'm listening with my head, I'm listening with a response in mind. I have to defend myself. I have to prove that I'm right and they're wrong. Sit with an elder. Ask an elder a question. And an elder will take that 10 to 15 seconds and listen to give you an answer from the heart. That's what God's waiting for. That's what the world is looking for. Again, how do you listen to your family, to each other? Do we listen with our head in that process? With that response in mind, or do we listen to our heart? Listen to those sharing from their heart. Sometimes when I'm listening with my heart, this is another prayer. It's called a breath prayer. As you breathe in for me, I say, Abba. As I breathe out, I belong to you. Then I don't have to be defensive. It's a really simple prayer. It's a really hard prayer. I'm human. I'm male. There's two strikes against me. I want to defend myself. Abba, I belong to you. I no longer have to defend. Then I can hear again at that heart level on them. I have peace in the words. 
There are times and situations where I'm, I don't know how to answer that question. Abba, I belong to you. Then the Spirit gives me the words to speak. Every gift we're given through the Creator, though we may diminish the gift by comparing to other gifts, right? Oh, you have this gift, you have that gift. These are gifts that God's given us to use. For me, my peace diminishes not because of my doubt, and it causes that shadow, that fear. Again, the question for me is, will I take time, as the song says, to quiet my heart and listen? Will I listen to what the Spirit is speaking to my heart or what the world has told me and yelling at me? When I listen, then I can reflect my peace to all matakiape, to all the family around me. As we celebrate Christmas in three weeks, I don't know, that may not give you peace if you haven't got your shopping done. Right? Got packages mailed to those outside. We see a world that has no peace. Romans says this in Romans 12, 18. And I'm just going to read out of the First Nations version. If it is within your power, walk the road of peace with everyone. So I told you this morning as I was sitting and praying, God kind of smacked me in the face, smacked me in the back of the head, threw a snowball at me. Whatever you want, an analogy works for you. It reminded me that if, if I'm to walk with peace with others, I have to be at peace with myself. Don't raise your hands. But how many are at peace with ourselves? This morning in my prayer before, the Spirit reminded me, how can I walk the road to peace with everyone when I'm not at peace with myself and with God? And again, how many times do we go and hide and say, oh, I don't want to talk to God about what I've done because, ugh. God already knows. He's waiting. He's that song that Kiola did first, that good, good father. He's waiting and saying, hey, TJ, I'm waiting for you. You going to come? Will you listen? That I love you as you are and not as you should be? For no one is as he should be. That's what the season of Advent is, of Christ's birth and coming. Think about Christmas. Think about those gifts that we can give. I'll get my wife's gifts shopping done. I promise. She doesn't care, but I care. I think about the gifts that we can give our family, our sister, our brother, our neighbors, or strangers in this season. Gift of peace. You ever see somebody who's stressed and struggling in the grocery store because their kids are melting down and you let them go ahead? Oh, thank you. Or at Walmart, 
a grandma who said, sorry, honey, I only have enough money for one pair of shoes for the grandkids, granddaughters, because she was five bucks short. I happen to have five bucks in my wallet, which I don't usually. said, Merry Christmas. Grandma was in tears. It doesn't take a lot to give people peace. But we have to be at peace ourselves. Kirla comes up as we do a song. Really, the song is, is preparing our hearts for communion this morning as we'll be taking the elements. Again, that question, to ask the Holy Spirit to show you, are you walking in the road of peace with everyone to the best of your ability? Maybe a harder question. Are you walking the road of peace in your own heart? Do you have that peace within yourself? Do you have that peace with God? Let's pray. Wakantaka, Agayan, Creator God. Help us to be the light. As we light a candle, as we symbolize that light that you bring, as we look ahead to Christmas Eve service and lighting the Christ candle, as we know our days are becoming shorter, and I know I rejoice when I see the sun crest the mountains, help us to be reminded that you are that light and you give us peace. Help us to, to be reminded that we're to share that light of peace. Whoever crosses our path, even in this room and as we go out of our way today to the next things we do, May we be the salt of the earth. May our peace, may we live it in all aspects of, the, of our lives as those who watch us to make them thirsty for God. In your name, amen.